Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Grace to All with Paul Gray and my friend Ron Wright. We had a great time visiting last week. If you were here, I know you're looking forward to this episode. If you if you didn't hear last week's, please, uh, after this one, go back and listen to it because you'll be blessed. And Ron, thanks for being with me again. Oh, you're very welcome. Always enjoy talking with you, Paul. It's great. And to all of your people joining with us. Thank you. And you're in Canada on the eastern part of the country, right? Ontario. So Ontario is kind of considered central, but uh, yeah, central. a small okay. city, city called Oakville. So it's kind of outside of Toronto. And it's cold there, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Paul, it's too cold. You know, the, the spring is kind of around the corner, but it's not soon enough. <laughs> yeah, well, not to cause you to covet or anything, but uh, <laughs> we're uh, we're recording this on the 28th day of February. Most of you will hear this in April, but here in Lawrence, Kansas, just a few miles from Kansas City, it's been cold here and we had uh, eight inches of snow a couple of weeks ago, but every day this week is in the high 60s and one day it's going to be 80. So, I mean, not to cause you to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't cause me to end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, uh, you know, we could still have a couple of little cold spells, but we've turned the corner. Yeah, turn the corner. That's right. Yeah. 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 And spring's, I like the different seasons, but spring is my favorite. I just like to see things blossom and come new and and everything. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about what you're seeing and you're very active online through Soul Win, your Facebook group and website, and you post such wonderful things and and you interact with people all over. I know you have a tremendous following and you're seeing what I'm seeing, this wave of people that uh, the truth is wakening up in them. And uh, we we talked last week about what that looks like and how it's fun to be a part of it. And as I just kind of briefly mentioned in my new book, Grace to All, same name as the podcast, my goal is to connect the people that I've interviewed, you and some 80, some others. And in the book, having a couple of pages kind of describing your things, I, I include, you know, some of your writing and stuff and then information about how people can connect with you in the hopes that people will find somebody that they relate to, that they resonate with, that they can connect with, and even find somebody maybe in their hometown or in their province or state, right. or at least somebody that they can connect to personally. Because yeah, I, when I started on this journey, I don't know about you, Ron, but when I started on this journey in 2009, and I'm, I'm naive to begin with, but <laughs> I thought I was the only one. I, 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 I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one in my town of 100,000 for sure. And I thought, uh, you know, maybe there's a couple of more around the world, but there weren't many people who were talking about these things or, yeah. uh, and for good reason, because they weren't as accepted then. But now, 
because of the internet and because of different changes in society and stuff, more and more and more people are wakening up to the truth that's in them mm-hmm. and finding other people who are as well. And tell us, if you will, you don't have to mention names, but some people that you've connected with across Canada, United States, other countries that are like-minded people. And uh, just tell us about that experience, how it came about and what's going on with it. Yeah. So after I'd been in pastoral ministry for 27 years, I went through a complete burnout breakdown and uh, the recovery process from that was very excruciating because when I was recovering Mm -hmm. from that, I at the same time was having a really deep, tremendous awakening in me. It's really almost hard to put into words what was happening inside of me. However, it was a really deep, fundamental connection with my depths and and discovering that God and my depths were really the same relationship was there. And I really found it difficult because trying to describe this, first of all, was very difficult. And when I would describe it, to people who were more from a fundamental or evangelical background, I couldn't find the terminology. I could not find the terminology to explain it. So I mostly went on this journey by myself, you know, for the first two years, curled up in a fetal position, crying myself to sleep and awake most days. But after that, even, I just didn't know how to talk about this. So, of course, I was I was online and I was starting to write. So I thought a part of the therapeutic process was for me to begin to write what was happening inside of me. And I felt that connecting with that really helped me get my feet under me again. When I started to do that, I was overwhelmed at the number of people who resonated with what I was sharing. Mm -hmm. And they were going through similar kind of things, perhaps not a complete Mm -hmm. breakdown like I had experienced, but certainly a discontent, Mm -hmm. not only with their life, but even their faith. And a discontent, it just didn't seem to be cutting it for them. They'd been believers, uh, you know, Christians for all of their life, and yet it didn't seem to be working in their words. It's not working for me. I'm not any fundamentally more happy or satisfied or resolving problems and issues in my life. And so I was overwhelmed, actually, at the number of people who were going through this. And the common thing was everybody felt I'm completely alone in this. I must be weird. Something strange is happening to me. And yet, as I started to dialogue with these people, and they were dialoguing, of course, with other people going through it, I think the popular name became deconstructing, right? Deconstructing your faith or deconstructing your religion, whatever it was, people were deconstructing everything. And there can be a real lost feeling when you go through that, when the the usual foundations that you've built your life upon suddenly get taken out from under you, you have no idea where to start planting down the stakes to get yourself secure. And, you know, the thing that I found is the truth is underneath that groundlessness that you do experience when you do start deconstructing certain things. Underneath that groundlessness is really your ontological reality, who you really are in God that can never be shaken. And people were starting to discover this, but not have the language to be able to say anything. And I think part of what was 
people were resonating with me in my writings was about was like, yeah, Ron, like you're putting into words exactly what I'm going through. I just didn't have the words. I didn't know how to say that. But you you seem to be saying what's going on inside of me. And boy, I began then uh, starting into some some chat rooms and other things, helping people through this process. And I gained, you know, it's, it's therapeutic for me because as I was going through this, I was also helping other people going through it. And I mean, one of the things is really good for you to do when you're in a place like that is to just begin to show compassion for other people and help them with whatever you can do. And you start actually finding help for yourself. And so I was getting into chat rooms and various other online things to just to talk, to dialogue, to help people through that experience. I, I guess I was a few years ahead of where they were. And uh, wow, this was not, I discovered this was not an isolated phenomenon. This was happening everywhere yeah. <laughs> from, from every denomination, from every religious background. People were starting to say, you know, hey, there's something bigger here yeah. than, than I've been taught. There's something deeper here. And I don't know how to get into that depths. So you go through, and I always say, you know, there, there's three kind of stages. You, you have to wake up, you have to grow up, and you have to clean up on your spiritual journey. And all three of those processes are important. If you miss any one of them, your spirituality is going to be a little off kilter. You have to wake up, and after you wake up, you have to grow up. And when you grow up, you got to clean up. And if you miss like cleaning up, doing your shadow work and dealing with those sort of things, the other two are never enough. So I started to find these three balances and helping people guide them through waking up, growing up, cleaning up. And I found that, man, there are a lot of people going through this right now and they're reaching out wherever they can find help. And while that's good, there's also a lot of unskillful things out there, you know, that actually don't help you to actually make it harder sometimes. So right now, I feel that it is so essential that people find some credible sources of people on this spiritual path who have a kind of an authentic and genuine experience that can help you through where you're going, you know, because there's a lot of stuff out there and it's become almost fashionable now, you know, to have some sort of a spirituality. But like I always say, unless you plunge into the depth of, of one of them and get really down to the root of it, you're always going to be kind of playing on the surface and it just isn't going to meet your needs. So that kind of in a nutshell, that's kind of a long answer to your question, Paul. But yeah, my discovery was a lot of people are going through this and this is revealing a worldwide phenomenon, you know. And when I first was going through it, I was really concerned, you know, like, everybody seems to be losing their faith. Everybody seems to be having a really hard time here. But I've now changed that position. It's actually something wonderful is happening. Change is happening, but it's a wonderful change that's happening. Yeah. Uh, when you go, when you're starting in the beginning stages, it's really messy. And you kind of have to learn how to be comfortable with the mess. Yeah. But God's love is messy sometimes, you know. He allows us to go through things because he loves us and he knows, yeah, I kind of got to break you off of the milk. <laughs> we, yeah. we, have to, we have to come down to some, some solid food here. And I want you mature enough to be able to handle that. But God is a very gentle way of allowing things into our life that disrupt and cause us to question things. But at the same time, 
being very gentle with us in that process because he knows that we're very vulnerable as in our humanity and yeah. we break very easy yeah. despite all of our machoism <laughs> and trying to think we've got it all together. Yeah. We're very, very vulnerable species. And he does um, it all so, without condemnation, without yeah. shame, without oh, Paul, you keeping hit, a list. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I've seen that generous spirit in you in dealing with and speaking to other people. And and you, you've got that. You've got that thing from Papa's heart, you know, that just says, let's curl up here as a family under Papa's love and let's get this figured out together. Yeah, well, thank you. And that seems to me to be Jesus' way. The only people he condemned that I can tell, and he didn't condemn them eternally, uh, but, you know, he got on their case for misrepresenting his father and for saying that he's not as good as he is. Yeah. And he didn't condemn people. He didn't. Yeah. Classic examples of woman in adultery. I mean, he used those words. He said, where are the people that accuse you? He said, I don't condemn you. I don't accuse you. And he went out of his way to do that with the dregs of society, the worst of the worst. So there wouldn't be any question that, you know, this is this is for everybody. There's a beautiful story in the gospel, one that I really like. I treasure all of the stories, but the one where Jesus encounters a woman uh, in a funeral procession, her son had died and she's a widow. I think it's the only miracle in, if I'm correct, the only miracle in the New Testament that no one came and asked Jesus to do something. It was his own initiation. He was walking. He saw the funeral. He stopped it. Mm -hmm. The woman wasn't saying anything. Nobody asked him to intervene. And he was moved. The, the, the word says he was moved deeply with compassion, seeing her plight. You know, and he stopped the funeral procession and, and raised the widow's son from the dead. So this shows us the intent, right, of yeah. Jesus. I, I love that story so much. Nobody yeah. came. Nobody asked him. Yet he initiated that and mm -hmm. stopped the funeral and brought life to that death situation. Uh, you know? So that's that's just the way God thinks. It's always life. It is the way always. he thinks. Let's yeah. raise this up to life again. And, and even something so final as death to God, it's just another stepping stone. You know, there, there's no end with God. Yeah. He just says, oh, I, yeah. can, I made the rules. I can change them here. So let's do whatever yeah. it takes to get you back yeah. into love. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that, <laughs> That's so good. And I'm finding that almost everything that I learned before, you know, and specific people weren't the problem, it's the, the system, but almost everything that I learned about God in religion, is, it's just 180 degrees different. Yeah. And yeah. When you do, as you alluded to before, when you start to go down that path, it gets messy and you tend to think, wow, well, if this isn't what I thought, then what about everything else? What, what shoe is going to drop next? And those kind of yeah. things. I, I heard somebody say the other day who would be in the same category that we're in, whatever category that is. <laughs> that, uh, one of their questioners said, uh, are you saying you don't even read the word anymore? And uh, this fellow said, no, I don't read the word anymore. I listen to the word all the time. I listen to the living word of God all the time. Sometimes I listen to him while I'm reading words <laughs> written down in scripture. That's and, lovely. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that. One of my favorite mystics, Madame Guillaume, who lived in the 16th century in, in Spain, she was a wonderful mystic, deeply, deeply taught by the Lord. Hard to understand because her depth is, is so, so much 
her insights were so incredible. It was hard for her, I think, to find a language to explain it. However, one of the things that she said, she grew up in a time when a lot of young women were asking for her books or something to be written to help them with their spiritual life. Most of these women at that time were illiterate. They had not received education and couldn't read. And so one of the questions they asked Madame Guyon was like, well, what do I do? Because I can't read the Bible. You know, so she said something very wise. She said, read Jesus in your spirit. Just Uh, get up every day and read Jesus because he's the true word. Just read your spirit. And that's all that you need to do. And wow, that's tremendous wisdom. That's what we, like you just said, that's what we should be doing while we're reading the scriptures. Reading Jesus in our spirit while we're reading the actual text of Yeah. Scripture. And while we're out in nature, while we're on the seashore, while we're listening to music, while we're looking at art. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Things are, are, gosh, they're just so different and they're so good. And like her, do you say her last name, Gian? Gian, yeah. Gian, yeah. Yeah, you do this really well. It's hard for me to find words to express what I'm feeling and what I'm seeing. But I give it my best shot. <laughs> well, the beautiful thing about it is when you touch the reality, if you have the words, great. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the words, it's still okay. You've got the reality. And at the end of the day, that's what we sink our being into is, is that reality. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And people do really pick up on that. I have a couple who they're both probably 10 years older than me, but I, I get together with him every week. And he was the first guy who uh, said to me probably 25 years ago, just talked about Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I'd come home and I'd tell my wife, I, I'd say, I, I really love Gene. He's such a nice guy. I, mean, I got no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> what he's I, mean, talking. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, a favorite story that he has is of his wife and they're of the same ilk, which is a good ilk. There was this little neighbor boy one time, five, six, seven years old or something. And one time he came up to my friend talking about my friend's wife. And he says, I don't know why. I don't understand it, but I just know your wife loves me. And, you know, he just picked that up, uh, you know, from being around or some and that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you, you know, whoever said it's been attributed to a lot of different people, but, you know, preach the gospel if you must use words. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, I and, like that. I saw a quote a little while ago. I don't know who it was by, but it was what you are speaks so loudly. I can't hear what you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that can be yeah. good or bad, but yeah, sure. what, what we are is always communicating. Yeah. And when we're listening to. Christ in us. And as he said, I don't do anything or say anything unless the Father tells me, you know, when we have that mindset and experience him living as us, it's effortless. I found we can't work this up. Uh, I can be nicer than I used to be just by, but people pick up. uh, Insincerity. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. really do. do, uh, I remember one time my wife and I were at a at a restaurant and a, a friend of mine owned it. And I say friend of mine just simply because he used to hire my band to play there, but he was not a nice guy. And mm. uh, several people told him that. So he took this Dale Carnegie course. I'm not against Dale Carnegie course. No, no, but, no. But uh, my wife and I were to dinner there one night and we were sitting next to the, very close to the kitchen area. And I could see him through this small kind of doorway. I just had the view to it. And he was just reaming out 
a cook, somebody. I mean, just, man, he was red in the face and he was just, and I could hear a little bit of it, but it, it was just awful. And he finished that and then he, he kind of glanced over and he saw me through this doorway and he came out and he went, hello, Mr. and Mrs. Gray, how are you this fine day? And I thought at the time, you ain't fooling me at all. You know, that's that's Dale Carnegie speaking. That's not you. <laughs> I remember I, I took, I read his book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Right. And I had taken that course as well. And I came to the conclusion, you know, afterwards, and, and again, you know, some of that material is really helpful to people in who work in public. Yeah. yeah. But I realized I hadn't learned yet how to be my own friend, right? And I hadn't learned how to influence my own life in a way that's compassionate and helpful with, for other people. Yeah. And, and I thought, man, if, if I could just learn that, I, I'm sure then people would understand that authenticity and sense it. And then I yeah. don't have to struggle, you know, to try to win friends and influence people, you know, if yeah. you friend yourself in the depths where God is friends with you and really be sincere with that. Wow, that goes a long ways because I, I just I find in this you know going back to this whole deconstruction of spirituality and finding your way, this is a big key is learning just to, to be friendly with yourself, you know, to stop that voice of criticism and judgment and self abasement and and just really just be kind to yourself and what's going on inside of you. And you can learn to do that; it, the journey is a lot easier. You know, I, I think what happens is. Yeah. That that inward friendliness uh, aligns with how friendly God yeah. is, right? Yeah, it does very much. And unfortunately, religion teaches us not to do that. It teaches yeah. us in some forms that you know we're worms and we're totally depraved and we're despicable and God can't stand to look at. It. Well, if you have that mindset, you're not going to be friendly to yourself. No. <laughs> You're, no, you're not, you're not going to like yourself and you're going to believe, I know because I did, that if people just knew the real me, they couldn't stand to be around me because we're taught that's God knows the real us and that's the way he is. Yeah. And it's, it's all a lie. Yeah, and then, it is. And when you see the truth, when you wake up to the truth in you, then you can like yourself and like other people. And it's genuine. It's It's not trumped up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know how we miss the fact that before the story of the fall, God looked at creation and said it's very good. So yeah, pre the fall, however you see that, was original blessing. God yes. loved Adam and yeah. blessed him, you know, and yeah. uh, that was there from the beginning. And, you know, everything else that has happened is just like pollution over the original and really, salvation is about God restoring the original, not trying to fix something bad, but restoring what was originally there. Yeah. That, that, that takes you down a different path, right? A oh, much, man. Yeah. And that's what grace <laughs> yeah. is really all about. Yeah. Rediscovering our original Genesis, which is all good. <laughs> all good. All of it. Yeah. And not only ours, but theirs and theirs and theirs and all of us. <clears throat> oh, man. Wow. Yeah, for sure, Paul. One of these days, I hope we can get together in person and uh, just hang out for a few days. And would love it. Uh, you do this <laughs> all it. the time. 
But until then, thank you for being on this show. And again, Ron, tell them about your new book that's going to come out and tell them how they can connect with you. So the book that's coming out, it's called An Ocean of Ontological Light, and it's going to be a daily devotional based on the writings that I've put on Facebook and Instagram over the last uh, three, four years, I guess. I've compiled it together and uh, the book is done. I'm just uh, going through the publishing process right now. My material can be found on my website. So it's www.soulwind.ca. And on Facebook, you can find me as Soulwind. And on Instagram, Soulwind12. Great. An ocean of ontological light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, uh, Taking a deep dive into who we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I encourage people to look for that book when it comes out. And the one way you can tell when it's going to come out is by connecting with Ron and following him on Facebook and going to his website, and which those things will be in the show notes. And it's another way of connecting with like-minded ontological mystics <laughs> around the world, which, which we all are, even if <laughs> we all are. That, yes. yeah, even if you've never heard that term or you're scared <laughs> of it or, yeah, yeah, yeah don't be. Uh, and Ron, thank you so much. Thanks for your friendship and your continued writing and inspiring all of us. And thanks for being on this show. Most welcome, Paul. God bless you and, and the audience. It's so great to be with you today. Thanks for this time. Thank you. And thanks so much for being with us for this edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.